Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and today I want to talk about National Drug and Alcohol Facts Week. It is something that I think should be talked about every week, every day, and I could give you so many statistics. Like, it's a broad topic, right? National Drug and Alcohol Facts. Like, what what does that even mean, and where do you start? But the reason that I think it's important is because we, we're at least having the conversation, right? So I could tell you that the average age children experiment with drugs is 13. 13. My oldest niece is 12. Like that's terrifying to me. And it just seems to continue to be getting younger. Um, the most commonly abused substance is alcohol. And it's also the third most common cause of death in the United States. of all deaths by suicides and over 50% of all violent crimes are connected in some way to alcohol or drugs or both. And and also uh, over 50% of traffic accidents involve alcohol or drugs. Domestic violence reports, 80% of domestic violence reports are somehow related to alcohol or drugs. And these are the, I could keep going. There are so many facts out there, but it's to me, it's not just about the statistics. It's about lives that we're losing. And even if they're not lost, they're destroyed, they're ruined. And I think we are not asking the most important questions. And that to me is why are you using, why did you turn to alcohol and drugs or, you know, what, what is going on? And I think that there are, every individual story has its own story. Every person is unique and no two situations will ever be identical, but I do think that there are common themes, right? So I think that you have the people who want to fit in or cave to peer pressure, whatever you want to call it. That is me. I have never really enjoyed drinking and I've done it. I certainly went to frat parties and have had too much to drink. And I never, ever, not once have enjoyed that. Having a drink, you know, social drinking, genetically, honest to, honest to God, it just doesn't agree with me. My dad is the same way. So I would say that I fall into someone in the past who has done it because it's around, because it's there and everyone else is doing it, not because of any of my own personal reasons. So I think that's important to recognize that there's this glamorization of drinking and nightlife and there's a stigma when you don't do that. Like I have talks And I'll talk to people about holding a glass of water or Verner's because you at least have something in your hand. And I've been there. I get it. People, you might not intend to be pressuring, but people are very, very interested in in why someone doesn't have a glass in their hand. 
And if you aren't in the mood to have that conversation, having a, you know, having a glass is absolutely an option. But again, as I want to go deeper, I think it's important to recognize that we romanticize and glamorize this party lifestyle. And we not only don't show the other side, we stigmatize it, we mock it, you know, I, everybody loves having me around for the designated driver, but I absolutely have experienced my share of mocking. And that's fine. If you've been around me, <laughs> you don't want me to drink either. I'm not the, I'm not, it just doesn't go well for anyone. So I guess that's kind of two things in one. There's the, what I don't want to call it peer pressure. I'd prefer to call it fitting in, but maybe peer pressure or temptation, maybe that sounds better to you. So there's that issue. And then there's also the glamorizing of it. Um, but as far as, you know, I'm talking about the different types of people, the categories that people fit into when they turn to alcohol or drugs. There are people who tell me it absolutely calms them down. It loosens them up. It allows them to be more social. So in other words, calms anxiety. And if you look, that's, that's, if we're going to talk about which of these categories are cause for concern, what, when you need to pay attention versus when it's more typical, that to me is always a big red flag because you, there's a clear issue that you are uncomfortable with and you don't know how to deal with and you're turning to something else to self-medicate, right? So millions of people do it. Millions of people might not realize that they're doing it, but I do think that that's a category, an important category. Then I think there are people who truly just enjoy it. And if that starts, if the average age is 13, mind you, if the average age is 13, there are people much young, not much, not necessarily much, but there are people younger and older. I was way older on that scale. So if the average is 13, there are clients who have told me I loved it from the very first sip. Like, I don't get that because I can't stand it. And it was like a means to an end. People were drinking to get drunk. You're at a party. It wasn't, I'm thirsty. What sounds good? Lemonade, like not beer, right? But there are people who will tell you that they really like the taste and they really enjoy the feeling. And so that also can be a red flag because we tend to pursue the things we enjoy. And again, if we go back to the average age being 13, when people are starting to experiment, that's important to pay attention to. There are people who want to numb and escape their feelings, whether that's just coming home from a long day at the office and drinking, or whether that's going through something traumatic, like a loss or an accident or something bigger, it's still being used as a way to cope without feeling rather than cope through the feelings. So that's something it's very common in this world. And we all, let me tell you again, the key here is moderation. And if you're 13, there is no such thing as moderation, but, and I don't mean that I'm, what I mean is you shouldn't be having a choice at 13 with alcohol and drugs to, to be able to moderate. 
we all want to numb out. Sometimes I am the first to say like, my brain is done for the day and I want something mindless. That's fine. It's a problem when it's interfering in your life, when it's, you know, there's so many other things that are problematic. So I don't want anyone listening to think that I'm saying there's a problem with wanting to numb out or escape or, you know, lose yourself in a good book or a movie or a great hike, whatever your outlets are. It's when those things are in excess and interfere with other things. Obviously, if we're talking about alcohol and drugs, that's more likely to happen than hiking. (laughs) But I think it's just important to acknowledge that people will grab a drink for different reasons. Reducing stress, right? That's kind of like coming home from the office after a long day or a, you know, oh my God, this is going to be a crazy conversation. Let me go pour a glass of wine before I sit down to have this talk. That can be okay when it's not interfering. And that's another conversation I just want to right now point out what to look for and what to look for in yourself, in others, in loved ones, in potential loved ones. Because the re- again, we're talking about I could give you all the facts and all the statistics, but nobody's asking the questions. And if we know why someone is doing something, it's easier to get through it if it does cross over into a dangerous level. And this next category is a red, you know, thrill seekers. There are people who just like adventure. And I'm actually one of them, but I'm also a chicken and it never came into play with drugs and alcohol. But there are people who really just take chances. And I'm thinking back to crazy, like stories in high school and college, friends would do crazy things for an adrenaline rush. People all over do this jumping out of planes, you know, but there are also safe ways to do it. You don't go skydiving without somebody there who's trained and telling you what to do. Teenagers tend to do things without people around guiding them. So I'm thinking about you know, all these crazy things people did at night when, you know, getting on the um, overpasses of freeways and stuff that's just dangerous to, to just feel that adrenaline. And so if that is the reason that somebody is turning to alcohol or drugs, that can be dangerous because as they develop a tolerance, the thrill becomes less and they have to move on to something else. So the last category I want to talk about, again, relates to any and all ages, especially as we're living in this world where things have, you know, activities that we had become accustomed to are less normal in today's current day of life with everything with COVID. I know they're going back to that way. And even when they are, there are people who will say there was nothing better to do. People, clients that I have that live in more remote areas, clients who don't get involved, teenagers that don't get involved with any type of extracurricular activity or hobby or something to occupy their time, right? Boredom can be so dangerous. So if somebody is saying that that's why they drink or that's why they use a drug, that's an important piece of information because you can fill that void other ways, other healthy ways by identifying our hobbies. We aren't taught to do that. We aren't necessarily taught 
the, you know, to feel the difficult feelings and navigate for that solution when it's uncomfortable. We live in this quick fix world. I say it all of the time with instant gratification and we need to be better. We need to do better. We need to dig deeper. So if I am talking about somebody and it sounds like someone in your life, this is a door that this is a a way you can open a door to a conversation. Why do they like it? Why are they doing it? If it's interfering in their life and causing problems and you're arguing or grades are slipping or you know, you're missing work, you're having these consequences. Why do people keep doing it? And I know it can be uncomfortable if you're a young adult listening to have these conversations with your parents, but it becomes more comfortable if you do it. If you, if you avoid it, it never gets any easier. I grew up being able to talk about pretty much anything with my dad. And he was very open about things like this, that maybe other parents wouldn't be. And I am so grateful. I truly like, I'm going to swear, but I am a chicken shit. Like it, that's the, that's truly the bottom line. I've done episodes where I've talked about you know, somebody giving me a pill and throwing it over my shoulder and pretending to take it instead of standing up in that moment and saying no and and making it, which I would do now. Now I would have no problem, but we're not always in that place and we're not always that comfortable and people need to have an out. So I just want everyone listening to know that you just need to have the talks. You need to ask the questions and parents and spouses and partners and bosses. You don't just have the conversations. You don't just ask the questions. You have to listen. If somebody says there was nothing better to do, I was bored. Okay, that's part of the answer. But take it further. What would you what would you want to be doing? If you could do anything in the world, what would you have been? What would your first choice be in that moment? There are people who say, I don't know. There are people that haven't been given the support or encouragement to know what their hobbies are. There are people that haven't had the luxury because they have had to just grind and work and go and they haven't gotten to stop and ask themselves, what do I enjoy? So if somebody gives you that answer, okay, Sam had this talk on her podcast and boredom was one of the categories. Okay. I got the answer is boredom. Now I know. Take it further. What do you do when you're bored? What can you do the next time you're bored? A lot of people do not like being alone for a variety of reasons. Some people, you know, it can be, I live in a dangerous area and I'm more comfortable when I'm with people. It can be, I just lost my spouse and being alone is ter- you know, is just too much time to think and too many, rem- there are just, so many reasons, but we have to learn to be alone and learn to be happy alone and learn to fill those voids. Because I promise you at some point in time, you'll be alone. It could just be on your drive, but it also could be when you lose someone. And I don't want you to go through that pain and have it more painful because you haven't learned how to spend time with yourself. You have you for the rest of your life till the very last second, not even moment, the very last instant, right? It's important to be able to fill that time and enjoy it, not have to 
escape it, black it out, hang out with unhealthy people just because you don't want to be alone. There are so many things. So it's National Drug and Alcohol Facts Week. And I started off by sharing statistics. And then I talked about the different types of categories, the reasons why people might use, whether that's boredom or wanting to fit in because everyone else is doing it. And now I'm talking about having the conversations with the people in your life that you love and care about if alcohol or drugs are present or a problem. If you drink a glass of wine or two and this doesn't relate to you, tune it out. Sorry, I just swallowed wrong and I have to cough. Um, <coughs> excuse me. If, if this doesn't apply to you, that's fine. But you know what? You might meet someone. You will meet someone. Everyone in this world is affected by alcohol and drugs, if not directly through someone we know and love. So use this if it doesn't relate to you now for your future. Use this for people you care about that you haven't met yet that might need it. Use this for yourself for your next crazy stressful day, because maybe you don't turn to alcohol and drugs, but maybe you turn to something else unhealthy. And let me tell you this, healthy things can become unhealthy. I went through a stretch and any of my friends listening, you'll know when I'm exactly what I'm talking about and where. I was exercising two, three times a day on my way to work, on my way home from work. Like it Exercising is a great stress reliever, but not, it's not, it can become a problem. And there, I understand there are athletes and people who are in the gym for hours a day. Uh, we also have to be taught how to give our muscles a rest, how to give our brains a rest, how to give our bodies a rest. And for some people, being alone might be the safest place for you. Maybe you are completely comfortable in your skin, in your space. But maybe the problem is when you're out with others and you're in an environment that it's, like I said before, earlier in this episode, it's easier to just pick up a glass and shut everyone up than to go through having the questions of why you're not having a drink. We can talk about that. I love the opportunity if somebody comes up and asks me why I'm not drinking there are people that don't accept that answer. Majority of the world is doesn't mind. They're not bothered by it, but there are some people who are. And in my experience, that's more a reflection of them. But we need to at least ask the questions and then listen. So like I said, parents, bosses, spouses, whoever you are, do more than ask the question. Listen hear the answers and see where that takes you. And if you need to involve a third party, always, it always, if conversation, if you're nervous about it, you can involve someone until you reach a point that you don't need that person and that you won't need that person forever. But if you think, oh my God, this is going to be World War III, then to me, that's, that's useful information. Rather than walk into a volatile situation, what tools can I bring to the table to take the volatility down, to de-escalate before there's even an escalation? This 
show is the Be Ruthless show, making noise and breaking stigmas. And I should add another line, having the conversations. Because if you read the very first episode, the description of the Be Ruthless show, it's about having the conversations that other people won't and that other people don't. And I'm happy to be a bold voice and an outspoken voice for any and every topic that I'm passionate about or that you bring to me. I would love for you to apply it in your own life, how it fits for you. If you're more soft-spoken, that doesn't mean you can't have the conversations. I had a client this past week who was writing an email and wanted me to read the draft before she sent it. And so we were talking it out verbally. Then she hung up and wrote it and then she sent it to me. And my feedback was that it was amazing and in her own voice. You don't have to say my words and my messages. You have to find a way to make it fit your personality and your voice. So if you're big and bold, maybe you have to learn with certain people how to soften. And if you're softer and a little bit more not necessarily timid, but more on the timid side, there's still a way to approach the subject. And again, that can be with somebody navigating and guiding the way for you. So the important thing that I'm trying to get across is that I can give you every statistic, statistic in the world. I can have them all and give you every piece of data. And to me, that doesn't tell you anything. That doesn't tell me why are these, why are these people, why are these categories more at risk? And why are these people turning to substances or unhealthy behaviors, right? So while I did start off the show and provide some statistics, and there are so many more, I'll even put them in the show notes. Um, so that, and you can email me if you have questions about things I didn't cover. It's not that I don't think they're relevant. It's that I think it's that there's more behind it. I think there's more than the statistics. So it is drug and alcohol facts week. And we could be talking about anything. Benadryl is an over-the-counter drug. People try to abuse it. However, this episode applies to you. The bottom line is that we need to just have the conversations. So Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I hope you're enjoying your spring. And the fact that we're nearing the end of March and March madness, I've gone through this entire episode without talking about sports, right? That's how much I'm concentrating. So a lot is going on and that's relevant because when people are overwhelmed, they can turn to unhealthy methods of coping And we also need to identify healthy outlets. Like I said a few minutes ago, healthy outlets can become unhealthy if they're used in excess. I gave my own example with exercising. But exercising is still, was better for me to be exercising three times a day than doing drugs three times a day, right? (laughs) So that doesn't, you know, there's no habit that is immune from too much, you know, any habit in excess can be a problem, but we're talking about alcohol and drugs and this is, they can kill people. And if not, there are people who are living miserably 
and it affects more than the person using. It affects families. It affects people you work with. It affects so much. So the reason I'm passionate about this and I want you to have the conversations is I want you to know more when it happens to you. And when it happens to you, it could be you picking up a drink. It could be you having a friend that wants to get behind a wheel. We just don't know. So it can never hurt to be aware and to educate ourselves and to understand. And I wanted to just bring awareness to the fact that the reasons why people turn to things is just as important as the statistics themselves. So thank you so, so much. If you have any questions, Sam at SamanthaRuth.com. You can always reach out. And until next time, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.